0: Hey, download listeners, supervising producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you, Graybar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget
1: that's right and they're operating with one clear mission to serve as the vital link in the supply chain adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services
0: let me tell you here's what makes them different is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains To get products on site and on time is so crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task.
1: So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running.
0: Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today.
2: Hey everyone, Dirty Mo Media President Mike Davis here. Excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts, and you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host. What do you think? Did
1: he get him? I mean, of all things to say. What? What?
2: <laughs> Family picnics sometimes. more just a salad. Are you kidding me, Mike? Oh my God, that is hilarious. Hey,
1: everybody! It's Dell Junior back again for another episode of the Dell Junior Download, and it is Thursday, June the first. June is here. At the end of this month, we will be. In Nashville, NBC, back again. But until then, I'm going to sit at this table with my co-host, Mike Davis, in the Bojangles studio. Mike, how you doing?
2: I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? Well, happy I'm, Thursday yeah. to you.
1: I'm doing pretty good. Um, I got a little special guest uh, for Thursday. We're going to have a guest. Oh. Yeah, Justin Allgaier is going to come in here. Winner. Yeah, he's going to talk about his win, talk about Portland a little bit. But uh, curious, you know, just how they, I'll be honest, Junior Motorsports Sports. We've heard it over and over. Hadn't won this year. Hadn't been as good as the Gibbs cars. John Hunter Nemechek to me looked like the fastest car all year. The Gibbs cars, whoever's in them, has been fast, and uh, we were able to match them. Yeah. If not, be a little bit better. At least for Justin at Charlotte. So, going to talk about that and see what he thinks about the potential for the rest of the year.
2: There he is. Oh. There's the man.
1: All right. So what's happening? Uh, you know, it's a good day. Yeah. It's so, a good day. all right. I know you've had it's it's halfway through the week. It's Thursday, and I know that you've had a little bit of time to think about it. Um, <clears throat> well,
3: it was, seems like we waited forever at the racetrack, right? You know I was I mean? going to so ask like, you. I've well, had plenty of time to think about it. Well,
1: I was going to ask you, man. You had, how how long did that race feel?
3: forever because you know probably the weirdest part
1: was the
3: split for the cup race Mm -hmm. right i mean we've been at rain delays and you've been waiting the next day whatever 600 miles 600 miles like it's not like you're at a 300 mile what did you do uh so i've been this is a funny one uh my daughter Willow, my youngest, has never been in Victory Lane, right? What? They—they they, oh, she, the like, youngest. That's yeah, right. the youngest. My oldest has been, but I think it was 2018 was the last time she was in Victory Lane, just because softball and they're not there, and my right. wife hasn't been traveling as much, and so Ashley was like, "Hey, uh, I don't have any clothes for the kids. Like, <laughs> like they, they don't have pajamas, they don't have anything. And if it's gonna be late, like, we need to go home and get some stuff. So we drove back to Mooresville and <laughs> got some clothes. Isn't and that the weirdest feeling? Oh, it was leaving terrible. the race while the races. Is- yeah cuz like the at that point the cup race hadn't even started yet. We they were getting everything switched over. So we go back home, get some clothes. We drove back and uh we stopped at BJ's right there in in Concord and and ate and had some dinner and watched the start of the cup race on TV and then got back to the track. And then, you know, about 150 to go, I guess, I went into the garage. And at that point it was like, "All right, how do we what do we learn?" Right? What I mean, these are the conditions we're going to have. As the sun starts to go down, you know how do we how do we learn from that? And so, sat down with the guys and watched the race, and it was cool though to walk in the garage because everybody was lined up in chairs watching the, the big screen monitor, and, and they were watching the race. And I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of I don't know, that's just yeah. old school to me. You know, I just I, I enjoyed that part of it, and it was cool.
1: How do you think JRM found the speed to finally get to Victor lane? Because let me let me <laughs> let me be, uh, let me set this up a little bit. So you've been great since the year started. And it's uh, been a little bit of change for you in all season, but you got a new crew chief gym this year, and so things are things have been going good since y'all hit the ground running. Uh, I think you've been fast almost every week, but we haven't won. They keep saying we haven't won. Uh, <laughs> I get tired of hearing it. I know you got to get tired I of it. Yeah, I, our other all the other cars have not ran well either. You know, they. I think you've been the best car most weeks. Uh, but we've still been off of the Gip stuff. Yeah, like John Hunter and um, whoever else they put in their cars have been pretty quick, Ryan. Or yeah, little Ryan <sighs> Truex. Ryan Yep. So I mean, it's sort of been it's been a bit similar to me, like it was maybe like five years ago, where we just couldn't match them. And even even at Charlotte,
3: I, I felt like there were time. Most of the time, they were a little better than we were. Right at the end of the race. We made good adjustments, and we got to where we needed to get to. But, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, collectively as a whole in this shop, I mean, you you know, you watch the men and women that are in this shop, and the effort is here, right? Like, there's never a moment where we're not thinking about what we got to do better. And and to be honest with you, Jim, uh, (laughs) I— He kind of, he, he, I laugh. He'll send me an email at two o'clock in the morning. He'll send me an email at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, he's going to bed and getting back up. And, you know, he's, we're, we're looking at all the information. And it's like, man, I, I, and I tell him all the time, I'm like, look, man, you, you can't burn yourself out on this. You, you gotta, you gotta get some sleep. Yeah. And he's like, no, man, we gotta win races. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in this to win. And that's the only thing I know. And in, until we win, I'm not quitting, and even once we win, I'm not quitting. And I've seen that already this week. I mean, you look at the haulers having to get reloaded for Portland. My man is already full Portland, Sonoma, you know, trying to figure out what what we got to do. And I just feel like, as a whole, you know, we had a big suspension change in the offseason for the rear suspension. And it's not that we lost anything. Like, we didn't have any tricks last year. What we lost was some of the forgiveness that I think these cars had. And and I think it – when we when we lost that, you know, I think it just suited the Gibbs uh, front suspension a little bit better, their front arrow, their front platform, and so we've had to kind of scramble a little bit to get caught up to that. And I think the other night at Charlotte, you know, at the end of the race, we were making adjustments and we were learning, and we hit on some things that I just I, I felt like were a difference maker for us in the race, right? And and honestly, one of them was saving fuel. I started yeah. saving fuel and I went faster, and they're like uh i can hear jim calling lap times and i'm like oh man i'm gonna catch grief on this all week because he tells me to save fuel and i start going faster but honestly um you know i i learned some things as a driver i know they learned some things as a team and that's that's good I, that's good information for yeah. us right
1: as a company that's a good information when you were out there late in that race <clears throat> um everybody starts pitting i was so i was kind of first off i was a little surprised that you knew as much as you did because you were like Tell me where the 21 car is. I'm like, how does he know that's the car? To, how does he know that's the guy to pay attention to? You know, because so how are you getting that information on what the rest of the competition is doing? Do you see him go down pit road and you're all of a sudden you, you put you pin that thought like oh, the 21 is going to be the one. If anybody comes, that's, that's the car.
3: Yeah. So I look at the, the scoreboard. I look at I watch guys. Um,
1: how did you know? Well, so he I was the I just, one on
3: tires in the car that was
1: going to probably be the first one to get to
3: you. So, so I just look at like who was in the top five, right? Yeah. And I'm looking at the the jumbotron on the back straightaway. So, like, I see him come down pit road. So I know Damn. he's on tires and fuel, right? Yeah. And and at that point, you know, as much as we were trying to save, I mean, here here's the one thing: when we pitted on with 66 to go, we took that restart. Jim had already been telling me max fuel save, max fuel save, max fuel save. So that whole caution, I'm like clutching it, killing it, yep. doing all that stuff. So once we once we got kind of recycled and and once the race started, I knew from lap one, I'm like, whatever I can do to save fuel in here is going to help, right? If this thing goes, I don't know if we can make it or not, but I'm I got to give him everything I got. So then when when Jim came on the radio and told me I need to start saving fuel, all right. And so where we got a little bit of miscommunication was I actually
1: let the twenty pass. Me. I know. And. They had your audio and you're like you're <laughs> yeah. like they were telling you to go and you're like w- I can go? And uh they said, Yeah, yeah, you're good. And you're like, Well, I wouldn't let him go, Bobby, if I'd have known that.
3: Yeah. So then I, you but just, I
1: wasn't like frustrated, I just was like, I know, but then you just you just drove right back past him. Was it well and that's in was his he post interview to?
3: in his post race interview, he's like, Well, I, I feel like if we could have been the car out front and then started saving, we would have won the race. And I'm like, Well, we were saving twenty laps before you started saving, so you know that was really the only way I felt like he was able to get to me was when we started saving. So
1: the car the the car that's been faster than us most every week you just you you were better than him on this day. The last stage. If it yes. was a, if it was yeah, on the that last, last run, the last stage, right? Yeah. If it was hands down hammer down, I think we'd have beat him. You were better. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
3: Yeah, we made we made really good adjustments on the last pit stop and yeah, you, know, you add the last pit stop, good adjustments, and then learning. So, honestly, I, if we hadn't started saving fuel, I don't know that I would have found the speed to beat him. <laughs> like that's that's kind of the crazy part because I just I changed my driving style a good bit and I I, I learned some things by doing that that I think helped me. Right, yeah. Charlotte's unique. Charlotte's one of those places where it's it's not a normal racetrack and and so what I was learning. I think will help in other places. May not be as effective as what it was at Charlotte, but I was able to learn some things right there that that will help me moving forward. I think, especially when you when you're talking about balance, right? I was able to affect my balance in a way that helped me with the adjustments that we yeah. had. So it was it was a good change.
2: So so when I hear you, because I'm I've never driven a race car, never will drive a race car, <laughs> but when I hear you say uh, you went faster when you were conserving fuel, that would suggest to me that you you weren't overdriving is overdriving what I'm hearing, or is well, it? Well, What else did you learn that y- w- wouldn't have been that? Yes, but I was. Dr- I was
3: driving beyond the potential of the of the balance of the race car.
2: Right. Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes so you just need to just, back it down because the ba- you, I, That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Like the balance of the race car was good. I just
3: had to find the sweet spot of it, and I was I was trying to get more. You know, when you're trying to find pace, the automatic answer is I should drive in the corner deeper. I should pick the gas up earlier. I should do all these things. Yeah. Sometimes that's not necessarily the case. Yeah.
2: And and what is a normal fuel run? You went sixty six laps. Is that right? Yeah. You went and you conserved from the from lap one in that yeah. in that run. Sixty two. W- sixty two. Yeah. So you with saved, no saving. Sixty two with no saving. So yeah. you saved yourself four laps. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean,
3: sixty two is a number that's like pushing it. No, sixty two would be Very normal. Yeah. Okay. Right? So like sixty three, sixty four, maybe right with. If you were going to be super aggressive. I mean, but, you know, I was talking to Taylor, uh, the crew chief on the A-car this morning. He's like, man, we we weren't like – we weren't even thinking about trying to make it to the end. It wasn't even you know? in their mind. But, yet, right? but so to your point earlier, what you were talking about, Jim come on the radio and he's like, hey, man, if, if the 20 pits, were pitting. Like if you if – he, if he pits, you're pitting. And I said, well, no. If you think we're close, like if you've calculated you think we're close – I would much rather run out leading this stupid thing than to than to abort and pit now and lose and him. lose it, right? Because yeah. the twenty one now wins because he's three four seconds a lot faster, yeah. or whatever it is. So I'm like, if you think we're close, I'm not coming to pit road. And he's like, all right, let's Got go. It. You know, and yeah. and I think for him it was just he wanted my he wanted me to buy in, right? Yeah. He wanted me to feel that that they had it's, done their job. The
1: twenty one probably would have beat both of you. Oh, for sure. I, I think yeah. so. Yeah, no question. So. Um, <clears throat> All right, so heading to Portland. Yep. Um, y'all ran there for the first time last year. Was that the first time back? First time, yeah. In a long time. Long time. And it rained. It rained a lot. Uh, which it might <laughs> rain again. Who knows? Portland. It's Portland.
3: Portland. They uh, they tell you that they just they all wear slickers like they don't even have umbrellas. They <laughs> just have slickers with like the the hooded raincoats. Yeah. And I apologized to everybody last year. I'm like, oh man, I'm so sorry the rain. They're like, oh, it's Portland. It's normal. <laughs> like <Yeah. every> <laughs> we talking about this is normal. And uh, but it one thing that I will say is the fanfare in Portland was special, right? And I hope it is again this year. You never know. Like uh, first year is always a lot better than you know the rest of them. But it it was special to see how many people came out and supported the race and the event. It was it was pretty awesome.
1: Cool. What's the best part about it? I mean, where where what? You know, I've never been to that racetrack. I've never been up there up that way that I can remember. make for a butt appearance two decades ago. But um, you know, what's 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 it like? It's just different. You know, it's um what's it, it remind you of is there a track that it's similar
3: to no no like it, it was very unique it's very flat um very narrow like like yeah.
1: if if i were to picture like a go-kart track how that, do you see the turn in on term, you don't. your turn one the apex and all it's flat as oh, hell it's
3: flat it, it's so hard you're looking for those little curbs you know yeah. like the little turtle curbs there that's all you're looking for and, yeah. and they're
1: short too so you're like mm. it's similar to the term one on indy road course but that one would Seems it like is. it would even be easier to see because of barriers and things everywhere.
3: Yeah. So the other thing that's weird about Indy versus Portland, Portland is very compact where you do turn one and turn two. Indy, turn one is tight, but then turn two is kinda of open. Wide, you yeah. can do whatever you need to do. Um turn turn one and two at Portland is like I mean, it's sardines in there. One lane. You know, there was there were guys last year that never even tried to make turn one on restarts. They just went straight, stopped, took the penalty, and went on because it was way faster. Like, they're passing cars. I actually got passed in the rain. I got passed under green. I followed a lap car in to turn one, and uh, I won't name any names but a a former teammate of mine. Uh, uh, (laughs) That rhymes with Noah? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, He just (laughs) drove into one, stopped, took back off, and passed me. And I'm like... I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. My man just passed me. But and uh, his fenders are yeah. clean. And but there was no uh <laughs> there was no penalty for it, right? I mean that was the penalty was to stop. Yeah. This year we're not gonna get that lucky. We uh they put in some barriers. You gotta make like a whole little snake and <laughs> it will be a bigger penalty to not to not make turn one. Yeah. But. Well
1: that's cool. So um I don't know. I mean where where uh where do we go from here? How uh, you look forward to the rest of the, the summer? I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I I'm Nashville's a good track.
3: Great track for us. Yep. Um here's what I will say. I I was really hoping that Charlotte would be hot and slick. Oh right? yeah. Right like I love hot and slick. if you look at the bread and butter of when we've had the most wins and mm-hmm. the most success it's been hot and slick. So I was really actually surprised that we won when it was cool uh, and cold about, and gripped but, up. But um
1: I want I'm thinking about running that one next year cuz they I like the I like the highline tracks.
3: You should. It's, it's fun. Like it yeah. it's it looks, it's a it fun looks race. Fun. The only negative right now
1: <laughs> to Charlotte is
3: the bumps getting in turn 3 if you can get your balance to get over the bumps and be comfortable and not bouncing your head mm-hmm. back and forth you know that's probably the only thing for me that i that i struggle with is when you get to that moment of like like i think uh josh was actually dealing with some like a little bit more harshness than what we were and so you and i i was there last year like i i get it you, you get down in three and you're like man i just want to be able to see where i'm going cuz your yeah. head's kind of bouncing back and forth you know um uh, that's the only negative for me to charlotte right now but
2: you would Be aware of that or familiar with that, right? That's not new, is it? No, it's worse. It's worse worse now. Yeah,
1: that's where the uh, landfill is. Yeah, you know when they
3: had the when they had the hole in the infield there. I think that really was what was the catalyst for a lot of it. Yeah, Um, it just it just settles. I mean, here, yeah, Charlotte wasn't paved that long ago, but it was a while ago. I mean, we talk about like, oh, it's freshly paved, like Hmm. 2005, 2006. Wow. yeah, we're like we're talking about how it's fresh pavement, and it was like yeah. 20 years ago. <laughs> Boy, time flies. Is the bump
1: if you can, if you run the top on entry to three? Is the bumps there still?
3: They're there, but I mean, I They're, think it's now, all the way across the track to apron. For the most part, you can't part. go around the them, them, over. Oh, them. If you run the bottom, you can you can maybe get a little bit of an arc around it, and then get back to the bottom. But it's like there's one path through there that's not bad, and then above and below are pretty bad. But it's also where the tunnel's at, too. you got to remember, What's like— What's the
1: bumps into one everybody's talking about? I know there's, like, some train tracks. It's like da 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 in the yeah. back.
3: Yeah, Th- that's top. what— Um, I think John Hunter actually hit yes. the fence. Um, is that what that is? Yeah, it's weird. That, yeah, I don't know— Those were there years ago. Yeah, it's weird because um, if you run a little bit lower on entry or if you run above them, you're fine. But if you go right through it, <laughs> it's game over. It's like railroad tracks. Yeah, you're, like, off the ground. Yes, like— I actually, last year when Josh and I were battling, that's why I hit the fence and ended up with a flat tire. Hmm. I got to that point we were racing and I just guarded a little bit and hit those and smoked the fence and tire went flat, right? I mean, that's just, like, you better be committed to running the wall, which I think, like, Brett Moffitt, um, I think Sheldon ran up there some. I don't know who else was, like, committed to the wall, but they were, like, on the wall and you better commit to it because if not you just run the line <laughs> i run because it's way easier yeah but you you should run it i mean it listen charlotte is charlotte it's it's home it's yeah it's you're all right next things. to the house yeah, right next to the house and our cars are good there now yeah. like i mean for years no offense to jrm but we we Man, we, we was never, our Achilles heel
1: there for a while we never won there ever and now we're two years in a year. row yeah i mean it's pretty wild but yeah. um it's pretty special all right well buddy we appreciate it thanks for giving us a little bit of time today congratulations on the win thanks for getting junior motorsports back to victor lane thank you i inadvertently i I
3: inadvertently wore this today i didn't know i was going to be on here so it i matched your normal yep that's a good hat
2: dale you know i did see a note real quick that um out of the junior motorsports press release it said that you are now one of 17 drivers that have won 20 or more races in the xfinity series man that's a list right there. If you just think of the, the drivers that would be that, that's an esteemed list and you're on it, dude. Listen, I, I looked at the people that I was ahead of and it it, it blows blew you my mind. mind. Sure.
3: Blew my mind. Yeah. Um, never in my wildest dreams did I expect to win a race, let alone 20 of them. Um, you know, I I think you're at 25, 26,
2: mm-hmm. right? Um, you going for him? You coming? <laughs> Listen, I, not on purpose. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't have a problem with that at uh, all. He's, Listen, I'm but, but
3: but I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's a. I looked at the list though, and I'm like, man, these are my heroes, yeah. right? Including you. I mean, just my heroes, people that I have been lucky enough to race with, people that I haven't been lucky enough to race with, but people that I have looked up to my entire career. So to even be on that list was was special. But um, man, it was it was pretty
1: awesome. Yeah, seven years in a row of winning a race too. I didn't know that. I know it. It's wild, yeah. You've won. You've won. I looked at your. I would after your win last night. I looked up racing reference for your career, and the last probably six years have been incredible. And I looked at that all time list and where you are on that. And, and so it, you looked at the names. Yeah, oh, I did. It's crazy. Yeah, um, I think they. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I, I, I said it on social media. I think that you're a cup level talent. And we're just the lucky people that get to have have you, so you can win races for us. And our, I'll be honest, man, I'm not saying this because you're sitting here. Uh, you know, you 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 as a driver had everything to do with winning that race at Charlotte. Watching those cars move around, slide around, watching how uncomfortable they got at times, knowing how you needed to be aggressive to get the lead from the twenty. To get the recapture the lead from the twenty, I've watched you win races just purely on grit. Um, uh, I'll never ever forget the Chicago win, yeah. how you schooled everyone on that <laughs> last restart, and that's that is sheer motivation. You know, it's really really impressive to watch, and and uh, looking forward to seeing what else we can do the rest of the year. You you know you got us back on the map got us back in the wind column this year that's motivation for everybody in this shop you know how that changes the room yeah um and and everybody's pumped about the summer we're gonna make a great run we're gonna try to win some more races and uh yeah i said it I'll, last
3: night you kelly lw joe mattis you mike it's um it's been awesome to be here yeah you know do I wanna go back cup racing at some point? Yeah, I wanna go win cup races, right? Nobody nobody doesn't want For to sure. do that. I, I want that. But I love where I'm at here, man. This is such a great organization, such a great group of people and and um I get down to go to the racetrack and go do what we did last this this past week and and it's been awesome. So thank, thank, you. thank
1: you. Yeah, appreciate well, You it. represent us so well. Thank you, buddy. And good luck this weekend. Thank you, bud. What's up, Download listeners? It
0: is the biggest time of the year right now for college basketball. And I will tell you, regardless of who makes it to the final game in the tourney, one thing is for certain. It takes the most talented people working together to help these teams play at the next level. And if you are hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. And how do you do that? Zip Recruiter.
1: That's right, man. We just went through a big hiring process ourselves, Mm -hmm. and it was helpful to have Zip Recruiter's powerful technology, which starts showing you qualified people for it immediately after you post your job.
0: Yeah, That is crazy. Mm -hmm. Pick Zip Recruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try Zip Recruiter for free ziprecruiter.com slash dale jr again that's ziprecruiter.com slash dale jr ziprecruiter the smartest way to hire
1: alright so this is way off we're getting away from racing for a second so you know that I, you know, everybody knows I was in that plane crash right and yeah. so um, so ever since then I've been kind of fascinated by um, by by plane crashes okay and so, um, there, I, f- I found this documentary first, but then the documentary led me to this book. And, uh, it's an international bestseller, and it's called When I Fell from the Sky. And it's a true story of a woman's miraculous survival. Um, this, uh, lady named Julian, 1971, was 17 years old. All right. Her and her mother, um, they were on an airplane in Peru and they were going to meet their, they were flying to meet their father in, uh, for Christmas. And they were trying to get out of the, you know, out of, they were trying to get out of where they were to go meet their father and they're rushing and um, scrambling to get some last seats available to leave. There's not a lot of seats to leave. Everybody's trying to go to do Christmas, right? And they make a flight. The plane goes into a thunderstorm and the, the plane is obliterated midair.
2: Obliterated midair.
1: She's in the plane with her mom, going through a storm. Everybody's freaking out. Um, it's as terrifying as it can get. And the next minute, she is not in the plane anymore. She's still strapped to her seat. Her mother in her mother, all the other passengers, and the entire plane is nowhere. And she is. Thousands of feet above the surface of the jungle in Peru, falling.
2: Yeah. I'm just, I, I'm waiting to hear the rest of this because I don't know how she's around to t- write a book. Well, I don't want to give away too much, but. um, what? Well, how, how I, well, is that
1: possible? Wait. <laughs> Get me finished. All right, so I don't want to, I mean, I want people to, to search after this story. I want you to want to understand what's it called and look after it. When I fell from the sky. And so, I mean, this isn't a new book, I don't believe. Um, But her comment, man, is like... uh, So Warner Herzog is a producer and director of documentaries, and he did the documentary. You can look it up on YouTube. And um, his quote is, she did not leave the airplane. The airplane left her. And basically, man she is the sole survivor of this plane act, plane crash and you know she's one minute she's in the plane things are you know terrible turbulence screams and all this and the plane is plummeting it's it's out of control and the next thing you know i mean the plane reaches the plane suffers some instru- uh, some some structural integrity issues in this descent right and it is experiencing things loads and 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 pressures that it, that it's not made for and it, and it it it, exp- it comes apart she from the next minute you know she is falling it's in the middle of the day she can see the ground that she's fallen toward and it's a, ca- a canopy of trees somewhere over the jungle right miles from civilization and <clears throat> she is falling toward the ground and then she wakes up and, and she's on the ground under her seat. Um, she doesn't remember hitting the ground. Fall, I mean, apparently the canopy of the trees sort of broke her fall. And she believes that due to her being strapped to this three row, three seat row, the weight of her, Holding the ru- th- you know the lilies that fall from the sky right out of the trees right they whatever whatever they called those little they're these little pods that sort of have that little there's a little pea or something inside them a little they fall out of the trees and they kind of they helicopter down oh, the, the helicopter ground? yeah whatever One those, those are. things right? I always call them helicopters
2: okay but that's that's, probably what, not the that's scientific
1: exactly thing. what she thinks her chair is doing as it's coming down oh wow she's at the, she's the weight at the bottom of this three three seat row. And the seat backing and the seat itself is acting as a bit of a propeller as it's spinning toward the ground, so it's not falling directly straight down in this high rate of speed. It's sort of this sort of helicopter-ish. Yeah. Um, still fast, but not, not. And so the break of the canopy of the trees breaks her fall. She hits the ground, and she, she spends days, going through the jungle to reach help. And so luckily her parents, they studied the jungle, and they would go out in the jungle with her and live for months in these huts, studying insects, documenting, documenting things in the, in the forest in, the, in, in Peru, right? She is absolutely, completely familiar with being in the jungle and knows exactly anything and everything that could and will happen. And so having all of that information, even at uh, such a young age, is why she was able to survive the rest of her trip, right? But uh, it's a fascinating story. I, I will say I watched the documentary on YouTube, and I had to read the book because the documentary has a ton of holes in it in terms of like you watch it and you're like, well, what happened here? It doesn't, it doesn't explain the detail Trek of her escaping the jungle. It doesn't really go into detail about her experience during the accident. And so um, I was, I've was i read this book. I brought it to Junior Motorsports to give it to my sister, and I was going to see if she wanted to read it. Because I think when you read a book that you like, you just it's your job to give it away to somebody else. So When I Fell from the Sky, if anybody would like to read it or watch that documentary, um, look that up.
2: Julian is the girl, man. It's crazy. Last name. I'll let you try. Oh, is it a big one? <laughs> I'm going to go with Kepke, but it's K O E P C K E. Yeah. Julianne Kepke. The other
1: thing that was fascinating about um, the story was how she's dealt with the re- recognition um, and, and celebrity, if you will, of living the rest of her life as the lone survivor, this miracle, right? And she goes back to peru she her family had established sort of this preserve in the jungle that they were where they were studying all this thing, and she wants to continue that right it's her family's life's life's work, so she still goes back to peru she still goes back to that area and when she does, everybody there l- looks at her and views her as this sort of godly miracle deity or something yes right? yeah. and so and there's you know everybody's wanting photos with her and and, uh, and then there's the inaccurate, all kinds of inaccuracies in the news stories and all those movies made about it that, that she's like, oh, man, they were terrible and they were wrong and this and that and other. And the book's really interesting, uh, and she's pretty transparent throughout. Interesting. So, yeah, I wanted to share that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Any, you know.
2: Thursday Book Club, new, new title to this yeah. series. Mm-hmm.
4: Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else, and it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash, and they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights, you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back. No questions asked so head to bolandbranch.com for 15% off your first order with code odyssey that's b o l l and branch.com exclusions apply see site for details
1: we, we i know a lot of people heard uh, us talking heard me talking about the tick bite at the end of Tuesday's shows we'll get to that first let's go to short track insider with Hannah Newhouse
5: Happy June, Short Track Insider listeners. I mean, although the first official day of summer technically isn't until June 21st, I feel like once we get into the month of June, that's really kind of the beginning of summer months for racing because the temperature starts to get hot out. And I say that as I'm currently right outside of Gateway, you know, St. Louis area, for a busy weekend of racing, and the temperature is expected to hang out in the 90s all weekend long. I personally don't do heat or humidity. Hashtag West Coaster over here. Hey, but listen, it's it's better than rain. So at the end of the day, I am going to take that over rain any day. So a little quick recap of the weekend. Of course, the Cars Tour was originally supposed to run at Tri-County over the weekend for their big race. But with impending weather, they decided to only run the pro late model portion of the series and run it on Friday. So the 30000 to win Old North State Nationals for the late model stock series Try and say that five times fast. It's much harder than you think it is. But anyways, that has been moved to August 19th. And back to the pro late models. It was Carson Quapple who raced on that Friday evening. You know him from, of course, the late model stocks. Uh, he decided to take the old family pro late model for a spin and ended up taking the win as well. Also over the weekend, Chris Madden cashed a $25,000 check at Sharon Speedway with the World of Outlaw Late Models at the Battle at the Border on Saturday and the little 500 at Anderson Speedway is always one of my favorite events in the month of May. And if we're honest, it's usually one of the grizzled veterans winning the tricky and methodical race. But you know what? It was an 18-year-old rookie who bested the field. Jake Trainer. and if I'm honest, I have... Never heard of Jake Trainer up until this weekend, but when you go out and you win the Little 500 at Anderson Speedway, that definitely catches the eyes of many over the weekend, whether it's car owners, new fans. I hope his t-shirt trailer did well, and if he doesn't have a t-shirt trailer, Jake Trainer, you should probably get one, because winning the prestigious Little 500 definitely ranks you up there uh, with, with some of the greats in, you know, payment sprint cars. And lastly for the weekend, because it was a headliner, and we have to talk about it of course... The $50,000 Show Me 100 was at Lucas Oil uh, Raceway in Wheatland, Missouri. Hands down, one of the most amazing dirt facilities I've ever seen. Uh, But when the checkered flag flew, it was originally Ricky Thornton Jr. who crossed the line first, was supposed to get that $50,000 paycheck, but unfortunately due to a broken part that led to Thornton failing tech for not passing the droop rule. And I'm just going to go ahead and put a note here that if you don't know what the droop rule is, you're going to have to do your own research on that because a seven-minute segment here is not enough time to explain it to you, but none that us, you know, an unfortunate circumstance. And with that disqualification, that handed the win and a boatload of money over to Ohio's Devin Moran. So, uh, you know, a, a good weekend for Moran. I know not probably how we wanted to win that. And, of course, Thornton's been on a tear. So, you know, I just have to take it with a grain of salt and move forward. Lots of big-paying late-model races. Still to come throughout the summer, we're getting ready to get into some big money season, you know, with Eldora and such right around the corner. But there's plenty more that I missed over the weekend, so we're going to switch gears to what to watch this upcoming weekend. And I'm going to start it with Extreme Outlaw Midgets because they are at Tri-City on Thursday night. So tonight, if you are watching this on the Day of the Drop, as part of three busy nights for the racetrack. And that track, of course, tucked right outside of of St. Louis, Missouri, right outside of Gateway, in collaboration with NASCAR Weekend. The USAC, or I'm sorry, the Extreme Outlaw Midgets then go to Wayne County Speedway on Illinois Friday and Saturday, and that just starts a really busy stint for midget racers everywhere, because many of them will then go into USAC Midget Week, which starts on Sunday at Tri-State. Tuesday, they go to Circle City, which is right outside of Indy. Wednesday, they're at Gas City. Thursday, at Lincoln. Friday, at Bloomington. Which, if you did the math, that's 10 days of racing in 11 nights. So, starting on Thursday, they only get that Tuesday off. 10 nights of racing across 11 nights. Not for the faint of heart, but plenty of racing to watch for the racing enthusiasts. Of course, all extreme midgets can be caught on Dirt Vision. And then you can jump over to the USAC midgets watching them on Flow Racing. We mentioned it, a busy weekend at Tri-City this weekend, so also at Tri-City on Friday is the World of Outlaw Case Construction Late Models, but they start their weekend on Thursday at Farmer City, Illinois for the rescheduling of the Illini 100, then they'll hop over to Tri-City on Friday, then head to Paducah down in Paducah, Kentucky on Saturday, and then for the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, they're actually up in the North Dakota area this weekend at River City on Friday, and then they head to Ogilvy, which is in Minnesota on Saturday, and Ogilvy... You can imagine it spelt just as weird as it sounds. is actually a new track for the sprint cars, so it'll be fun to watch, you know, some of the best in racing tackle a new track on the circuit. So, as always, all things World of Outlaws are available on Dirt Vision. The All-Star Sprint Cars are at Dodge County on Friday. They then head to Plymouth on Saturday. And the Lucas Oil Late Models hang out at West Virginia Motor Speedway all weekend long. All Lucas Oil Racing and All-Star Racing can be watched on Flow Racing each weekend. And don't worry, I've got my pavement friends covered for a little bit of pavement racing this weekend as well. The CRA All-Stars are at Salem Speedway out in Salem, Indiana. And all CRA stuff can be watched on Racing America. They are racing Saturday evening. And Cars Tour, we talked about them, but they're back-to-back this weekend. uh, With the late model stocks, though, as they head to Langley Speedway up in Hampton, Virginia. And Langley, hands down, is... Some of the best racing i personally feel like in short track racing it's got a great little facility i've had the opportunity to turn some laps there myself and you know i feel like everything kind of leads up to the hampton heat a little bit later in the summer but when the temperatures start to heat up man so does the action there at the racetrack it always just seems to you know slip and slide you're searching for grip and the late model stocks there i feel like are definitely the premier class every time they're there so uh car store they had there this weekend As always, all cars tour racing can be watched on Flow Racing. Also on Saturday, the the ACT Tour, the American-Canadian Tour, uh, there's Seekonk Speedway up in Seekonk, Massachusetts. And they're usually with the Pro All-Star Series. But the past series is at Oxford Plains up in Oxford, Maine this weekend. Again, kind of a prelude leading into the Oxford 250 a little bit later on in the season. But man... If you have never been to Oxford Plains or made the trip and you're within a couple hours driving, please make the trip there. That is one of my favorite areas to visit for racing. It's such a beautiful area. You know, if you can get coastal, man, like just what a great area to go racing. It's beautiful. Um, I would highly suggest getting out there. They race on Sunday. Uh, The past series does. and All past stuff can be watched on Racing America. So as much as I wanna hit every single race, every single weekend, whether it's you know a recap or what to watch, there's only so much room on my Google Calendar or this lovely little paper calendar that I pack to every single racetrack with me. So if I miss something that you feel is important, if you wanna highlight your racetrack, your touring series, whether it was a win that you and your team had over the weekend, or hey, even an event that's coming up this upcoming weekend or in future weeks, feel free to tweet me, at Hannah Newhouse is all of my social media handles. I would love to feature them on an upcoming segment here of short track insider. All
1: right, before, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm gonna leave you hanging a little bit longer. Should we do tick back now? Or should we go to man on the street?
2: No, the, I, I'm a privy to the tick bite. Leave that for the end. That's the, Leave that's, tick that, bite for the end. Leave it for the end. All right. I, all right. I know the story. And I hope you tell it as well. I mean, <laughs> on the phone the other day. All right. Well, <laughs> we, we mentioned in
1: Tuesday's show that Andrew Curlin had been to Indy. He interviewed Mario Andretti. That's an incredible you know, release you're going to have here for Dirty Mo Media, Mike, um, in Next Level. But he also did some Man on the Street, which was very good from North Wiltsboro, right? I really enjoyed that. And uh, we got some man on the street from Indy 500 from Andrew. So take it away, Andrew.
0: What's your name? Where are you from?
2: Uh, My name is Scott Dixon. I'm from Auckland, New Zealand.
0: What's the fastest you've ever driven in a car? In a road car or like a race car? I guess both. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I stick to the speed limit, man. I'm, (laughs) I'm pretty lame like that. You know, I've always got a
2: car full of, you know, family. Know, maybe
4: 150 or something. On a but road? Here, but
0: here we do. <laughs> is that bad? What speed? Where's the speed <laughs> limit that's 150?
2: Tony Canaan? Well, that's not my real name. Antoine riscala Canaan, filho, and I'm from Brazil. Oh, and an Indy car, 252 Ooh. miles an hour. Say, probably 160 miles an hour.
0: 160? Where was that?
2: Undisclosed.
0: What's your name? Where are you from?
2: Felix Rosenquist, Sweden. So it's 300 kilometers an hour, which is, I think it's 185. Wow. It's like a big uh, downhill
1: and there was no cars outside because everyone's out like drinking and wow. partying. And I was just, okay, just this is the time. on it. And I was like, whoa. Oh like, my I God. hit the rev limiter. Joey Molinaro,
2: Indianapolis, India.
1: I would say maybe 90. Not too Maybe 90. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, going over a hill in like, high school to try to get some air. Mm. Yeah. Did so you get the 92. air? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, and then I broke the car and my dad was pissed. Uh, my name is Pato Award and
0: I am from Montreal, Mexico. How much milk do you think you consume in a calendar year?
3: Uh, I don't eat as much cereal as I used to. Mm. Uh, so now
1: it's uh, special occasions.
3: Uh, Colton Herto, Los Angeles, California.
1: Romain Gaujean, Zero. Zero?
0: That's surprising from a Frenchman. I feel like there's like. A lot of dairy out
1: there. My name is Stingray Rob, and I'm from Payette, Idaho. In high school, my two step brothers and I used to drink seven gallons a week. What? So I am by no means lactose intolerant. I love my milk. And so I'm hoping I get a chance to taste the victory milk yeah. and victory circle. We'll see what that's like. Though.
0: Seven gallons a week? <laughs> Holy cow.
5: My name is Joseph Newgarden. I drive for Team Penske. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Me alone, I'm going to say I clear 100 gallons wow. of milk a year. I'm going to say, like, I don't know where Above 100 gallons, it is, but it, I'm 100 gallons is probably safe for me, yeah. Yeah,
0: what does that net out to per week? Two gallons a week. There we go. Does that sound about right?
4: No, it no. doesn't.
0: If milk wasn't the tradition, what would be the, the go to beverage in Victory Lane?
4: Probably request like a
5: LaCroix.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think anyone else has said LaCroix, so that's a, that's <laughs> definitely uh, a...
5: but I've been, dr- I've been drinking LaCroix all week.
1: Wow, all right, so uh. Good job, Andrew, man. I love you sending him all over the place. I I was happy to see him. It's I'm telling you, when you go to these when you go to these big events and see familiar faces, it's nice. Thank you for sending Andrew out to Indy, um, and uh, he captured a bunch of good stuff. Don't forget, uh, next level with Mario
2: Andretti. When can we expect that to come out? I think we'll start rolling them out this week. Oh, wow, to be early. With you. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, I mean. Um, I didn't know if you are going to hang he, on to that one. As soon as we can. I'll put it that way. All so right. Be on the lookout for Very it. Very soon.
1: Awesome. So, um, all right, the tick bite. Uh, hey, no, man, have you ever been bit by a tick, Mike? Yeah. You have? Of course. Okay. I mean, not yeah. everybody has. Does everybody Raise your hand in the room. You've been bit by a tick? Yeah. You pulled it off? No. No, I, I, I know better than that. Did somebody else pull it off? Okay. Yeah. Anybody been. else over here? Everybody in the room had a tick bite.
2: Yeah. I had my first. All right, I've never had a tick bite where you got bit. <laughs> that, that that one's a new one. I don't get it. Where did you get bit? On my head. Yeah, I've never had a tick bite on my. Oh, head. Oh, really? No.
1: So I've picked a lot of. T- I've, I mean, picked a lot of ticks off of me when we when we bought the farm um, back in who knows when nineteen eighty something. Dad had us walking all up, all out in the woods you know, uh marking with trees and, and they go paint the, the property line. And, you know, back then, man, we were picking ticks off left and right. But I've never had a tick bite me. That to me was uh uh sketchy and scary. So I haven't been out in the woods or nothing, right? I've not been wandering through the the weeds, which is where I associate uh ticks live, right? Uh but and I know ticks can get on my dog and all that. Um, I am Isla Is graduating Kindergarten And uh, for all the parents out there Most of They do the graduation thing now They didn't do that when I was In kindergarten Or preschool You didn't have a graduation You just Preschool was over And you went to the next school I'm sure yours was the same Mike But right. now There's there's a thing Right And so the school Has a the The school has a you know, a little ceremony. And we went through that. And then we were going to go next door and eat. And we we're going to invite all the, all the parents that wanted to come and, and they're going to bring their kids. So we go over to this room in this restaurant next to the school. And there's about six or eight kids and their parents and me and Amy and Isla. And uh, man, it's mayhem kids running around in this room. There's, there's balloons and you know, cupcakes and everybody's trying to order food, and it's just chaos. And I've been sitting in there for a while, and I don't know why, but I rubbed the side of my head, you know. And it must have been the tick actually biting me. I didn't—I don't remember feeling anything, but I just instinctually like rubbed the side of my head, and I'm like, "What in the hell is that?" I felt it, and I grabbed it, and I yanked it off, and I—and I looked briefly at it and threw it on the floor
2: <laughs> how big was it you reckon
1: um rather it sounds big yeah if you it felt a, it like that yeah it was about almost the size of, the top of a top of a pencil eraser that, yeah that not i mean legs and all right it was it wasn't tiny no um and all right my initial reaction was what in the hell is that grab it pull it throw it down, like out of my hands. And then immediately I went, I shouldn't have thrown that on the ground. Right. Let me look down. Is it going somewhere, right? But it's laying on its back, flailing its arms. And I'm sitting there for, it seemed like forever, but it was literally seconds. And I was like, damn it, did that just happen? I got a tick bite. So I've had a friend of mine who had, uh some issues from a tick bite. So I've got this paranoia already. Like damn it. You know what does this mean? And so I was like, "Oh man, maybe I should pick it up." So I, I I need I need I need to know. I don't even know if it's a tick. What if it's not a tick? Of course it's a tick, but I don't know if it's a tick. I haven't really looked at it. So I grab this napkin and I've got this empty glass that I drank some orange juice in. It's empty. And I pick it up, and I look at it, and it's freaking a tick immediately. I'm like, damn it. So I ball it up in this napkin and I put it in this cup. And I'm sitting there looking at it. And now I'm Googling. I get on my phone. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Google's like, 42% of ticks carry Lyme disease and all this bad news, right? And I'm, I'm not diving into the details, right? I'm, I'm reading all the, all the bad headlines and just spiraling into panic mode. And uh, also while I was Googling, I found out that you can send these off, get them tested. Right? Hmm. And I'm like, I'm definitely I definitely need to do that. We need to send this guy off and get him tested. And so I don't want to wonder. Cause they're like, hey, you know, if there's any kind of reaction to this, it's it's one or twenty days. Who knows, right? When when you're gonna have some sort of reaction. And the reactions are symptoms that are common Symptoms of all types of illnesses. So I'm be sitting there going, hmm, that, is this the tick bite that's happening here? And I got a little...
2: Nothing can happen I without got, you assuming the worst. I got some aches and
1: pains. I mean, what's going on here? Tick bite. That's right. So I'm absolutely assuming the worst and I'm panicking inside. And uh, anyhow, a- Amy sits down. She's like, what's going on? And I was like, Man, I pulled a damn tick. I mean, I, t- I say it real quick. I don't. I don't want anybody in the room knowing what's going on, if they don't already. Right? They have to see. There's
2: not a chance. You were stealthy about this. I know, right?
1: Room. I don't. I don't know who's seen what's going on, and I'm sitting in there going, <laughs> um. And so I'm like, Amy, I think I, I I pulled a tick off my head. It's in this cup. What the hell? And so, um, I uh, I called Kelly, and she ended up looking up how to mail it out, and we sent it off. And that was Thursday, last Thursday. And I got my results, and it's all good. It was a dog tick. The deer ticks are the ones with all the, mainly most of the diseases. I mean, dog ticks I'm sure can carry some, but there's, there's, some, there's some ticks that are, are bad and some ticks that are not so bad. And uh, luckily, I got uh, one of the least dangerous ones, and there was, and this, uh, you know, this paperwork, again, apparently they test this tick. I'm taking them at their word, and everything came back negative. And one of the, um, I think the one thing to take away from it is, apparently more people are bitten by ticks than I thought. Yes. Um I talked to Latard about it and he's like, "Oh man, I pulled some of these damn ticks off of me back up in Maine when me and my friends were running around in the woods building, you know, treehouses and stuff." Um, uh, but the other thing too is, is that um obviously you know this, but I panic <laughs> and assume the worst in every situation. Amy said, and I'll never forget this, um this might be a good t-shirt or a or a coffee mug.
2: Or Her
1: Amy's quote was it's nothing until it's something. And I thought, man, that's a that's how I'm going to try to feel about this.
2: And then I went to Indy and waited on my results. Whether or not that becomes a t-shirt that we sell, I definitely want to get that t-shirt made for you to yeah. have with you every day it's because nothing, you're right. That is nothing something. until it's something. So, it's funny um, I want to give you such a hard time about this because uh, it's funny to me. Sorry, that, that I mean you I, hold up. Lyme disease is serious. Oh, people, yeah. people that have had Lyme disease like, that is no joke, right? right. No yeah. joke. And it's long. It like it takes, I, you know, for a long, a long time to get past it. Yeah. Um, I don't know that the word... Like, what when I hear you tell that story, I'm thinking of something completely different than Lyme disease that I thought that you were... B- Scared of? Yeah. When you pull a tick off, don't you have to pull it off a very specific way? Or, like, I'd always learned burn it off because you don't want to pull it off and the head would stay in it. So when you're looking at a tick... Aren't you looking to see if it still has its head? Because if the head stays in, it could be just as yeah
1: problematic. I, mean, I know. Hey, I did not know all this. Yeah, I felt it and wanted it out of my life. And yeah. so I pulled on the damn thing. Luckily, I mean, we sent it off to get it examined. They didn't ask us, hey, where's the head? Well, can we send you off to get <laughs>
2: examined and maybe we can find out if the head's still in there? The the head was there.
1: I okay. sent it to the lab, and the lab didn't go. What the hell, a headless tick? Yeah, yeah. You got bigger
2: problems than what you think. That head is in there, just chomping you away. You didn't pull it off. Yeah, is, is that a is that a uh, is that a false thing? Like I've always heard that. Is that not true about ticks? By the way, I'm looking in the room. I is know anybody. Can the head get stuck in there? Is that a problem? Don't you have to pull it off a specific way? No.
1: I think that you may be onto something, Mike. But, and I, I think, I think they, when I was looking up all this stuff, they were very particular about how you remove it. Like, got it. You got to grab it a certain way, pull it like straight out. Yeah. There was a, and, and I, I believe that, uh, luckily I must have, I must have not ventured too far off of the, uh, preferred method. I mean, this thing came off my head and it still had a little bit of me attached. So I not only, <laughs> I not only, did not sever the head, but he got to have a little lunch on his way to the lab. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs>
2: Listen, um, I, I I don't think it's an accident that you're just telling that story and not the whole day, because the whole day is actually a funny story. What too. happened? Well, when you called me and you're like, I've had a day. <laughs> yeah. I have had a day. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Well, it started with this this graduation performance right? With, oh. And so the tick story was like the last of a, of a works, comedy yeah. of things that happened and you don't have to get into right. it. No, don't do it. In fact, don't. But I'm just saying the tick story was the last, it's like just the icing on the cake yeah. which that to me is the funny part is that I can only imagine, you probably reacted the way somebody would if they'd been amputated. <laughs> 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 the way your day had gone that yeah. so far.
1: It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a day. It was a day. A lot of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. But well, hey, I I'm mean glad, I'm glad it came Listen, back. I know I, I I waited everybody. I made everybody wait till the very end of the Thursday show to hear about the tick bite and there was no aha, there was no uh, there was no big you know well, no big no big finish, but um
2: It's good news. You, you revealed news. Yeah, you you, I, you disclosed I'm gonna tell that you don't you, have yeah. Lyme disease. That's good. Goodness gracious.
1: Well, I'm just uh I I guess I won't be so dang Panicked about it next time because I really we didn't didn't know it was all that common to bat, to be bitten by a tick. That shocks me. Yeah, I mean I've I know that it's common to get on you, but usually we find them and remove them before they they bite you.
2: Right, ticks yeah, they start to get big. I mean the more blood they suck, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they start getting. This big. one had, that one's not a small one. If it's is the size that you described he of was being not, the size of an eraser.
1: He had he was not he had not ate. Yet, he. Had, I'm telling you, man. I, I believe that he just bit me when I put my hand up there. I'm like, I'm like, you know, it was like a, re, a natural reaction of like, well, what's going on there? I didn't feel anything, but my I don't I don't yeah. know why else I reached up there just specifically to to check that area of my head.
2: Well, I'm glad like you're well. Nat- yeah. I'm glad you're well. <laughs> Keep bringing all these things to us, though. I. Uh, I you know hear. what?
1: I'm not ashamed.
2: Don't but, be. I'm not. No, especially knowing
1: fly. now I'm like part of the group, right? We're all well, yeah, yes. Now yeah. I'm yeah. Now we have one more thing. I suffered thing in an
2: eye, I suffered an eye injury this week. This you weekend. look fine. I don't feel fine. I got uh, I was weed eating. You're not the only one. And and I went right. <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. That's funny, and people don't know why. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, uh, <laughs> that is funny, uh, but <laughs> and I'm still here. You i had it. an eye injury and i'm here yeah you made it um but i had a uh i don't know if it was a rock or whatever but something went directly into my eye and i was down and like i i got it out eventually but it scratched my um retina Cor- yeah. or or, or cornea was, cornea possibly yeah and i still it's still i don't know it's making words it scratched up. my eye yeah uh and <laughs> i, I still have it, a problem i don't
1: think it's cornea
2: is it Corny is the outside. It
1: sounds right. right. Did we just make up a word? Yeah, Yeah. corny is the outside. It sounds silly. That's correct. What a silly word.
2: There you go. You were correct. You (laughs) won this week's game. It was on what, you know, naming eye parts. (laughs) 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 Tic-tac-toe. But, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we both had our, our moments. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice. The leader in advanced
3: warm up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom Heated Wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatech Compression Boots to speed up recovery and
0: increase circulation, and HyperVolt Massage Guns to improve mobility. Loved
3: by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at HyperRice.com.
1: Well, man, I mean, I've
2: Exhausted my list. Um, <clears throat> oh, can I tell you one more story? Yeah, I, I got to tell you one quick story. You know, uh, with with Charlotte Race Week, a lot of people show up, and a lot of people. God, there was a flood of fans here at Junior yes. Junior Motorsports Fan Day. I met a guy. I was actually at Bass Pro Shops, and a guy comes up to me, Dale. You're gonna, know, you maybe you're not surprised by this. He says, "Hey, Mike, I'm sorry to bother you. I just want to tell you. I listened to an episode." that y'all had with Chad Ganaus, and it inspired me, and I moved, I quit my job, I moved to North Carolina, and now now work at Hendrick Motorsports. Damn! He's a pit coach at Hendrick Motorsports because he heard the Chad Ganaus interview that we had where Chad Ganaus basically left his home and sat out in the parking lot until somebody gave him an interview. I said, dang, dude, did you sit out in the parking lot? He goes, it wasn't that bad. I didn't have to do all that. But he was in South Car- Pageland, South Carolina, Brett Griffin, hometown, Mm -hmm. uh, was a football coach, moved to Charlotte without a job, went to Hendrick Motorsports, felt emboldened, said, by God, if Chad Ganaus did it, I'm going to do it. And he actually now works at Hendrick Motorsports. And it all started because of listening to the Dale Jr. download. Isn't that amazing? Pit coach. (laughs) He's a pit coach. Damn. Yeah. That's, I know, right? It's a great story. It is great. Yeah. I, I, felt, I felt good. We met a lot of people, but at Bass Pro Shops, there was a guy there. He was wearing his Hendrick Motorsport stuff because it got rained out. The, it was on Saturday, so the Xfinity Series got rained out. So he was over there yeah. with a buddy of his, and uh, he's just like, I just got to tell you that story. And I said, listen, man, I, that makes me feel good. I like hearing stories like that. Nice. So congrats to him. Closing thoughts. Today we are going to record
1: episode one. We're gonna finish up. We're gonna finish up recording episode one of a new podcast that I am excited to bring to our listeners. Becoming Earnhardt, it's the story of the nineteen seventy nine season. I hope that you love it. We are busting our ass on it, and we're gonna finish up episode one today. We might actually end up finishing up episode two as well, and that's coming to you very very soon, <clears throat> within a few weeks. Yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, man, I cannot wait for uh, people's reaction. And I hope it's enjoyable for everybody. But until then, that's the, uh, that's the week. The Dale Jr. Download. Enjoy, Port- Enjoy Portland and St. Louis uh, this weekend for the Cup Boys. And, um, yeah, have fun. We'll see you. We'll see, see you, you next week. Check out Dirty Mode Media. On Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.